When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. You know, I don't really, I don't get into like pop culture stuff a lot. Do you ever, do you watch like E! News or anything like that? No, not really. I mean, I I get my news from the internet. No, you know, pop culture on Twitter is about as much as I keep up with current day events. And even then, I feel like I'm way behind on a lot of things. Well, let me tell you. The hottest new couple in Hollywood is Amber Heard and Charlie Sheen. Oh boy. <laughs> in fact, they've they've already come to an agreement that that if they do have a kid, the kid would live with with Charlie and and take his last name. Because, you know, children are to be Sheen and not heard. Winning. Chopper out to Dansby. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is. The Atlanta Braves are world champions. Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast. Now you're all in big, big trouble. Let me talk to you. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how you doing today? What? Shaking, bacon. Oh, not too much, not too much. We want to thank you all for joining us here on the Fans First Sports Network. As you may have seen recently, uh, our buddy Sam Peebles and Braves Dugout have started posting to the feed. Uh, If you don't recall from our first episode this season, that's going to be how our our quote-unquote station works now. Uh, You'll get both of our episodes on the same channel. Uh, So hopefully you get a little bit of analytical balance from Sam to the straight-up goofiness you get from us. That's right, uh, Sam, just coming in hot, dropping the people's elbow on you. <laughs> yes, I have to let him know you said that. That's awesome. Please do. <laughs> Cam, how's your week been going? Uh, it's going well, except for the fact that I have like the worst finger blister I've ever had in my life. You and, do. Uh, you, you should all be thanking me for being courageous enough to <laughs> battle through and perform today for all of you. See, one of the one of the beauties of having grown up playing tennis is that uh, my hand is basically like a catcher's mitt now. Um, Like I have a callus around the entire palm of my hand. So. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly immune from those. Yeah, well, you know, I, I grew up playing baseball and, and that sort of thing. And like I got blisters, but, you know, working oh, you in definitely the wore batting gloves. You weren't uh, that guy. Some. Yeah. <laughs> like as I got older, sure. Uh, 
But no, I had so fun fact: my tomatoes are doing wonderfully, and I need to trellis them up in the garden. So I got some T posts, and I was out there hammering those in last night because I don't actually have one of those, uh, you know, one of those post drivers that you see your fancy ranchers have, or for those that you watch Yellowstone, and that's the only experience you have with driving posts. Yeah, I don't have one of those. So I was out there swinging <laughs> a hammer last night. I had to pop six of them into the ground. And by the fourth one, I was like, hmm, my hand burns a little bit. And I looked down <laughs> at my hand. I should have worn my work gloves. I should have worn a glove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hindsight being what it is. So here I am battling. Having, I'm going to have a gutsy performance today on the podcast. You, you know, Willis Reed had the, uh, had the uh, I guess, the broken leg game. You know, Michael Jordan had the flu game. Um, this is, this is Cam's blister pod. This is a big deal. This is, this is a big deal. Uh, when, you know, when I'm inducted eventually into the, uh, Atlanta Braves podcast hall of fame, um, they're going to talk about this episode and how courageous I was. I feel like that's just going to be like a couple of pictures on the wall in the bathroom at a waffle house. And where else would it be? (laughs) So, uh, so how is, how is your week going? Uh, week's going pretty well. You know, we're, we've got a quick turnaround actually between episodes for the first time this season. So, uh, so not too much to report. Uh, unfortunately hasn't been a, a great weekend watching Braves baseball, but, but still had a good one. Well, it's a good thing. Those games don't count because Canada is not a real country. True. True. Also, uh, happy mother's day to all the mothers out there. It's a couple days past, but, uh, we, we just passed by it. So no, no harm in saying it again. That's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah, you know, mothers, they're they're all special to us. And you know, we as husbands, I, I have no idea how I'm going to turn this into a segue. Never mind. Drop that. Uh, how about Aaron Judge? <laughs> Look, so what I was going for there, I was going to talk, try to talk about being respectful to the ladies in our lives and not having wandering eyes like Aaron Judge. I, I mean, that that would have worked. You shouldn't have you shouldn't have bailed on that one. Look, look, I'm battling through this blister, okay? This <laughs> it's is, uh, the blister. It's, it's all, the blister. It's blister. <laughs> <laughs> look, this is my blister game, okay? It's that not gonna damn be blister. But at the end at the end of the day, you're all just going to be so fond of my grittiness. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Alex, are the, are the Yankees cheaters or no? Um well according to astros fans on the internet <laughs> um they they have broken uh one of the most sacred rules of the game and must be punished to the fullest extent of the law ah uh, yes uh the if there's one team that i think should be able to be undoubtedly talk about justifiable punishments it is the astros right right <laughs> I, I i think i think this is a big nothing burger Right. It really is. It, it is. I mean, the what they, Aaron, what so they, Aaron Judge, for those that you missed it, uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday morning. This occurred on a Monday night game against Toronto, uh, was spotted in one of his at-bats, appearing to look over at the dugout as he awaited the pitch. Um, and he also had a two-homer night. And I feel like, you know, if he had gone one for three with a single or something, you wouldn't have even heard about this. But it's because he homered, you know, it, it twice against the Blue Jays. I feel like is why they're making such a big deal about this. But I, I don't think it's anything. So all I mean, they caught was a little two-second clip of him in the batter's box 
glancing over to his right and and you really can't see exactly where that eye line is going but regardless if i have a batter at the plate um i would like that batter to check for signs from from probably both the first base coach and the manager in the dugout does that sound unreasonable cam it doesn't sound unreasonable i mean is there a pitch clock anywhere in that vicinity that we know of could he have been checking the pitch clock like i I mean, I mean, let's 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 give at this point Astros fans the benefit of the doubt here and and say that they did pick up on on Jay Jackson tipping a pitch. As long as they're not doing anything out of like out of the pale to to relay that information, I I don't see any problem with it. And how could you don't tip point? your pitches? The, the, you know, the the majority of, of pitchers are using pitch comp. For the record, by the way, the pitcher in question here uh, was Braves legend Jay Jackson. Yeah, well, Jay Jackson threw a center cut cutter right down the dick and Judge so, so promptly if you know, responded. If you go back and look at that at bat, the home run that Judge hit was on the sixth pitch of the at bat. Every pitch Jay Jackson threw in that at bat was a mid 80s slider. Every pitch, six straight, six straight sliders. What you you threw a, a, a hanging slider right down the middle of the plate to Aaron Judge. Like, I, I just don't care. Like, you, even if you, you, you honestly, get whatever happens to you at that point. Honestly, even if he was cheating, I, I don't care. Throw a better pitch. Right. Yeah, I I, I think this is nothing. Ball to Aaron Judge. I, I I think this is nothing, and also I think it's completely irresponsible by the Blue Jays broadcasters to insinuate that there's anything nefarious going on with Judge in that circumstance. I, I'm not going to begrudge the the commentators because uh, with my with my newfound perspective on commentary. You know, they've got to react to something in an instant. And and with that being the case, you know, sometimes something gets slip out that you would maybe not say if you thought about it for a minute. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we have time to be removed from it and look at it. And I think anyone looking at it objectively would see that it's it's nothing. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing. Uh, but speaking of something that is something... The Oakland Athletics are in the news again, Alex. Yes. Uh, it hasn't been good news, but we're going to, I guess we're going to flip the script here and and try to start getting a little bit excited about the Las Vegas Athletics. Cam, what was, what was the news from them this week? Uh, so this was, uh, this was reported yesterday. This comes from the Associated Press. The Oakland Athletics have reached an agreement with Bally's and Gaming and Leisure Properties to build a potential stadium on the Tropicana Hotel site along the Las Vegas Strip. Bally's Corp made the announcement Monday for a 30,000-seat stadium on the 35-acre site. The project is expected to cost about $1.5 billion, and the A's are asking for nearly $400 million in public support from the Nevada legislature, which would, which could vote on a proposal this week. The A's previously signed an agreement to build a stadium also on Tropicana Avenue, but on the other side of Interstate 15 that runs along the Strip. 
They were expected to ask the legislature for $500 million in public funds for the 49-acre site that would have included much more than a stadium. So, you may be a shot to know that the Oakland Athletics are once again settling for something less. I, I Actually, Cam, I, I really don't think so, and I'll tell you why. Uh, have, have you been to Vegas, Cam? I have not. Okay, so... So if you're looking at Las Vegas on Google Maps, there's Las Vegas Boulevard. That's the strip. That's where all the big hotels are. That's where all the action is. Hell, that's where T-Mobile Arena is now. Um, If you go to the other side of that interstate, like you might as well be on another planet. Like the none of the none of the monorails go there. Like nothing like that. I'll tell you what this town needs is a monorail. I'm sorry. I'm gonna make it. <laughs> I'm going to make a Simpsons reference whenever I can. <laughs> but I've 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 actually been to that Tropicana hotel and and that spot is it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. I I would take a smaller stadium 100 times out of 100 on the strip rather than, you know, a battery off of the strip. You don't need to build a battery like area in Las Vegas. It's Las Vegas. Right. So yeah, I, I I mean I and I and I see the point of that. I just think it's it's just cruelly ironic that the, the Oakland A's once again overpromise and under are you know are going to underdeliver on. I, I'm I'm still going to argue there. I think it's a better spot. No, 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 I'm not arguing that it's not a better spot. But at the end of the day, you fight still, me, Cam. You still overpromise. <laughs> This situation just sucks. I hate it so much. But the 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 real problem there is going to be getting getting a fan base. Like, it, yeah. So there, I, I, I've seen, how is it not going to be an extra home series, like a destination home series for every visiting team? I, you know, I, I've seen I've seen some some media folks talk about this, and I actually agree on this point. Is that a team like like the Las Vegas Raiders are having a tough time and are going to continue to have a tough time attracting a fan base because they're a transplant, right? right. Like, and at least with the Golden Knights, you know, people who lived in that area could say, you know, this is ours. We didn't, cor- we didn't correct. Steal, we didn't steal this from somebody. Correct. And, and the Knights are doing extremely well because of that fact, because there is a feeling of ownership to that team. The athletics are going to be in the same exact boat that the Raiders are in, and that we failed where we once were, so we decided to come here. You weren't our first choice. In fact, if things had worked out, we'd still be back where we were. But hey, we're here now. Please love us. We're we're here for the dollar bills, not for the Joes and Jills. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God, I'm I disgusted myself with that one. We're here for the flash and awesome, not for the Oakland possum. Anyway, all right. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they will be the Oakland possums. I was um, just trying to come up with something that rhymed with possum. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they change their name? I hope not. You know, I know so that all the good ones are taken, I, kind of it, thing. <clears throat> well, yes, in a way, because like. 
you know, there's always this talk about expanding franchises and like, you know, new franchises across the league. And I have yet to hear a proposed name for any new potential franchise that actually sounds good. Like, can we all agree that the Orlando Dreamer sounds awful? Yes, that's a really, really bad name. That is an awful name. That is God awful. Nobody will want to pull for a team called the Dreamers. No, no. Okay. So, you know, the athletics name or the A's, I think, still holds weight within the history of baseball. And I'm I'm going to drive that point home continuously. And I don't think there's any any sort of inkling that there is going to be a name change. I do hope that they go with maybe just Vegas and not Las Vegas. Like, just call them the Vegas A's. Yeah, whatever what it is, think? it's going to be weird and take some getting used to. Oh, I know, because, you know, for, for how long have we just gotten, you know, for 60 years now, we've just said Oakland. Yeah, yeah. I, Oakland. God, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I, I hate it, too. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Speaking of not liking things, uh, how do you think the Padres are? Padre fans are currently liking their their ball club's performance. They gotta feel a little bit like the Mets at this point, don't they? Uh, maybe a tad. I, I mean, you they 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 seem to be Mets West at this point. They've put together this this massive massive payroll with this lineup just studded with stars from top to bottom and. And and they show occasional flashes of greatness, but they're they're just not putting it together in in a division that they really should be winning. Yeah, so the Padres are currently in third place in the NOS. They have a twenty and twenty two record, seven games back of first place, uh, half a game back of, of the wild card. They are three and seven in their last ten with a negative six run differential. <laughs> And it's not too, and it's not too late. Like you know, two months from now, we could be talking about how the Padres, you know, went on a tear in June, and you know have have really turned things around, and currently sit in first place, yada yada yada. But I think it's fair to say that you know, so far, this has been a very disappointing team. It is, and and not the least of which being Juan Soto. I mean where on earth has he been after being one of the most dependable players in the league for his entire career so far? He's just, he, he's been nothing in San Diego this year. Yeah, he really hasn't. I mean, he's had a few homers here and there, but man, you're talking about a guy who, you know, two seasons ago was arguably the most feared hitter in the league. I I would actually go so far as to say eight to 10 months ago, it was Manny Machado. Yeah, yeah. And, and where has he gone? Yeah. You know, they and, get you know, Fernando Tatis back and expect this big jolt of energy for the team, and it just it just hasn't worked out that way. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting dynamic because it feels like the losses for a team like that just seem to weigh so much heavier than the wins do, right? Like, it, it's a team that, yeah, has had some really good flashes this season. I mean, heck, they came into Atlanta and took three out of four in that series. But you're talking about a team that can't not seem to ride the high of a win as much as they are dragged down by the weight of a loss. Very true. I agree. And, and you know, and this is a team, too, that last weekend 
took the first game in a three-game series at home against L.A. and then drops the next two. In fact, drops the – I think it was the Sunday night game they drop in extra innings where things just imploded. Josh Hader can't seem to get into a good rhythm in the closing spot. Then they get swept by L.A. You know, at Dodger Stadium this past weekend. I just I, – I don't – and again, I don't think it's time to sound the alarm. I don't think there's a panic button moment yet. No, no, it, it's definitely too early in the season for for all that, but it, it's it's going to get late in the season quickly, and, and they need to start figuring some things out sooner rather than later. Yeah, correct. I, you know, I, there, I think there's just too much talent there. Just like there's too much talent in St. Louis, and there's too much talent with the Mets to scuffle like they See, are. See, I, uh, I disagree with St. Louis. I don't think they have too much talent to be as bad well, as they are. They have too much talent for the division they're in. Uh, that's true. I mean, there, there's no reason that that roster shouldn't be in first place in the the worst division in baseball. But there's no reason I, they I don't shouldn't even know. I don't think their pitching staff is is nearly as good as advertised. Well, they had no. They certainly haven't been. But that's just because you don't understand the art of pitching, Alex. I don't understand the cardinal way. The cardinal way. All right, so. Here, here's yeah. Talking about underperforming teams, like I think the th- would you say that the three biggest underperformers so far in the season are Padres, Cardinals, Mets? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, which manager seat is the hottest at this point? Ollie Marmol's got to be toast, right? I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't even think he'd make it forty games into the season yeah I, yeah you know i think i i, mean, I think I, I know they i know they turned it around here lately like the last four five six games you I, know, I think bob meldon has the least to worry about right i think buck show walter's probably in the middle and i i say marmal is is out if he makes it to the end of the season i think that's a huge win for him personally <laughs> he 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 can hang that on his mantle yeah, absolutely <laughs> get get him a banner he can put it up in his house finished 2023 but you know going four and nine against the uh, against 13 game opponents where uh all teams were under 500 and buck show walter needs to be back on baseball tonight where he belongs if let me let me ask you this what all right if the Mets all right let's say the Mets make the postseason okay if they fail to make the NLCS let's say does Buck Showalter have a job next year I think the postseason buys him another year you you think just making the postseason buys him yes another okay I think if he misses the postseason he is absolutely done for Ooh, well, your uh, your New York Mets currently are in fourth place in the NL East with a twenty and twenty two record, and what a three hundred and twenty million dollar payroll, <laughs> something <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, they are only a they are only a game and a half ahead of the last place Washington Nationals. Gotta let that breathe. That's just beautiful. 
But look out, the Miami Marlins are in second place with <laughs> with their negative 56 run differential. <laughs> the Atlanta Braves are still the only team in the National League East above 500. Yeah, the only team above 500, uh, and that that's with us going 5-5 five and five in our last 10. Well, that's a nice place to leave it there, Cam. What do you say we take a look back at some cool moments from this week in baseball history? Let's do it. All right, we're going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is May 15th through the 21st. Our first fact comes to us from May 15th, 1918. You know, Alex, there's been a lot of talk about how this year, obviously, the pace of play has increased greatly and game times are way down, right? They are, yeah. All right. So, in 1918, in a game that takes only two hours and 47 minutes to play, Senators legend Walter Johnson goes the distance in an 18-inning contest, defeating Larry Williams, who also tosses a complete game, and the White Sox at Comiskey Park one to nothing. Eddie Ainsworth, who advances to third base on the big train single, scores the winning run on a wild pitch. Hold on. So did he pitch all 18 innings? Yeah, both pitchers did. Oh, my God. (laughs) And the game only took two hours and 47 minutes. (laughs) They played two baseball games. This is the America Rob Manfred wants. Oh, jeez. But can you imagine, though, pitching 18 innings and, like, the one run you allow is because of a wild pitch? And then you're probably pitching the next day, no less. Oh, yeah, probably so, after going out and drinking whiskey all night when men were men. <laughs> Just drinking you, whiskey have... out of beer glasses. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have to deal with the blister like I'm dealing with, though, so I'm obviously tougher <laughs> than all of them. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, right. I really appreciate you fighting through it today, Cam. Uh, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of the people, and I knew we had to get this podcast out just because we know that uh, you're going on vacation soon. So, <laughs> yeah. So there, uh, there, there won't be a show coming up unless I figure out how to do a show by myself. Anyway, all right. Our next fact comes to us from May 17th, 1998. In front of nearly 50,000 fans on Beanie Baby Day at Yankee Stadium, David Wells retires all 27 batters he faces, defeating the Twins 4 to nothing. The 33-year-old left-hander's gym is the 13th perfect game in modern Major League history. I do remember that one, actually. That was... David Wells could go. He was like the... uh, he He was Bartolo before Bartolo. That man was a unit. He was a big old boy. And and isn't isn't the story that he, he was wearing a Babe Ruth hat in this game too or something? I, I haven't heard that, but but I mean that would be pretty cool. It was also Beanie Baby Day. Did you uh, did you have any beanie babies during the uh the high highlight of that? No, no, my sister was really into the beanie babies though, but um I thought the story was gonna end with like everybody throwing their beanie babies onto the field because of a bad call or something. What what was the biggest craze to you? Uh because you have a little better perspective on it than I was since I was so young. Wh- which was bigger, beanie babies or Furbies? Oh, Beanie Babies, all day. Beanie, Beanie Babies, okay. 
The, yeah, the I guess, one I guess the they, one I would I guess they on, are still big collectors items, right? Yeah, yeah, and the it's not quite the same, but one I'd put there up with it in terms of just being like something the entire public was obsessed with. Do you remember Tamagotchis? I do remember Tamagotchis. People people treated those things like they were their actual children. Well, they could actually die, right? Yes. <laughs> like you genuinely which is, had which is a pretty dark gift to give to like a nine-year-old. Don't mess this up. What what would happen if Tamagotchi died? Like, um, is the game just over at I, that I, point? I really don't remember. Or do you have to like? Do you have to go get a paper clip and hit the reset little reset button on the back? Of I'm it? sure it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. Got to hack into your Tamagotchi <laughs> to bring it back to life. That that has to be a, a an app now, right? I I would think like, so. Like if I like if I search the app store right now, would I find a Tamagotchi app? I um, hope so. Uh, well, let's see. Yes. All right. We're so it's it like back. a mo- so it's like a modern version of Tamagotchi. It's like all three D and everything. But there like is an actual a game. person, and if it dies, you actually like watch it wither. <laughs> Why? There is a. <laughs> Why won't you feed me? <laughs> you know, there's just like some eight-year-old sitting on their couch somewhere laughing maniacally at their screen. And yes. That's the kid we got to look out for. It um, is. There is a game. That on kid the, is I, destruction. Oh, Jesus. There, <laughs> there is a game on the iOS store called Dagachi, where it does look like the old Tamagotchi, like user interface, like the grid pattern. Yeah. I am I about to download this? I think you are. Please, please live tweet your Tamagotchi experience. I I might have to do that. Okay, (laughs) our our next fact comes to us from May nineteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Alex, it's been a while. We haven't had one since last season. We we haven't been able to dive into one here on season four of the show, but. It's finally time. May 19th, 1998. Alex, we had a base brawl! Was, Was that a ship passing in the night? I mean, I, I could have... <laughs> I have sounders, guys. Holla, if you hit me. All right. After giving up an eighth-inning three-run homer to Bernie Williams, Armando Benitez nails Tino Martinez between the shoulder blades, igniting a bench-clearing brawl. Graham Lloyd races in from the Yankee bullpen to punch the O's closer, and Alan Mills bloodies Daryl Strawberry's face after the New York outfielder ends up in the Baltimore dugout, also (laughs) trying to get a shot at Benitez. Not, uh... Not where you want to wind up during a brawl. Yeah, no. Um, and knowing Daryl Strawberry, he probably willingly chose to be over in the Baltimore yeah. dugout. <laughs> it's almost as if he was on something that made him feel invincible. Uh, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Hmm. That wouldn't make... I tell you, so you ever been to a minor league hockey game? Yes, I have. I was a, I was a big... Uh, a big Raleigh Ice Caps guy. 
Let me tell you about the Fayetteville Fire Ants, all right? All right. I went to a Fire Ants game one time. They play in the Fayetteville Coliseum, the, the Crown Coliseum. So, you know, it's like a, I don't know, maybe 12, 10, 12,000 seat arena. Real small, intimate, you know, kind of feel. You get to sit down close for super cheap tickets. Anyway, there was a game one night uh, where <laughs> – a guy scored a goal for the fire ants and you know was gliding down the ice and uh after after he scored he like skated by the opponent's uh opponent's bench area and apparently said something that they did not appreciate so they barked <laughs> back at him and without warning he just skates over to the bench area and starts trying to fight the entire opposing bench and eventually gets drug over the wall into the bench which then <laughs> cleared the fire ants bench and it's the greatest fight i've ever seen oh man that's amazing they just hockey players are built so much differently from the rest of us oh they are a different breed like, man. like you it's remember so amir garrett like actually challenging the entire reds team to a fight that's every hockey player yes exactly <laughs> it's so great <laughs> all right and our final fact comes to us from May 21st, 1997. Cleveland slugger Jim Tomey, not known for his speed, steals his only base of the season. The Indians' first, first baseman swipe of home plate in the top of the fourth inning will prove to be the game's only run in the Tribe's one to nothing victory over Kansas City at Kauffman Stadium. Sorry, I have hair clipper sounders too. I'm just really excited to use all of these. <laughs> okay. I, I bring that I bring that fact up because as much as we dislike the New York Mets, I gotta say, if there's one thing I am pulling for the Mets to do this year, it is for Daniel Vogelbach to steal a base. Oh yeah, absolutely. He has zero career stolen bases, and I want him to do it so bad. <laughs> uh we gotta get Vogie to steal a base. Yes, please. It would be tremendous. I'm still upset that he's not a brave. Oh, me too. Me too. All right. So that has been this week in baseball history. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. All right, guys. We'll be right back to take a look at the past few games for the Braves and see what lies ahead. All right. So when we last left you, we had completed our American League homestand against the Boston Red Sox, splitting that series and headed up to Toronto. Uh, for what would be a really difficult stretch on the road. So we opened up the series with uh, with Spencer Strider taking on Chris Bassett. And unfortunately for the Braves, Chris Bassett was the story of this game. Uh, one of the finest games he's had in his entire career. Bassett went nine innings, allowing only two hits, walking two and striking out eight just shut the Braves down from, from bell to bell. And, and it was one of those games. Strider had a really good game. He went six and two thirds, allowing only one earned run and striking out 12. But unfortunately the bats couldn't get it going. The Braves take the loss three to nothing. Yeah. And you know, this is one of those situations where you, you just hate, like you feel like you wasted what was a really good Spencer Strider start. You did. You did. And unfortunately, with Spencer Strider being in the position that he is now, he's going to be going up against a lot of aces. Um, so unfortunately, 
he's kind of in a scenario where he can't even he can't even really allow a run or two at this point because he has to be the best pitcher for the Braves right now. Right. So yeah, his his margin for error is unfortunately uh, much lower than we would like it to be at this point in the season, but that's part of battling through injuries. So you come back the next day for game two in Toronto, Bryce Elder on the hill against Jose Barrios for the Blue Jays. A pretty good outing from Elder, went five innings, allowing five hits, two earned runs, walked one, struck out three, keeps his ERA for the season under two. Bryce Elder still doing very well, even though allowing a couple of runs early. Barrios essentially matched his numbers, uh, going five and two thirds, allowing six hits, two earned runs. Um, but it was a game that got out, got away from us late as uh, as Bichette, Guerrero, and Jansen all had big RBI off of the bullpen. Uh, and the Blue Jays end up winning this one five to two, take both games of the se- of both of the first games of the series. Yeah. So, you know, as bad as like the Friday night loss was, you know, it felt like, OK, well, we'll, we'll turn it around. We'll get things clicking. But then you lose this one on Saturday and you start realizing that, oh, gosh, getting swept is a real possibility now. Yep. And and at this point, you you have lost three in a row and you've got one game left to salvage something before you leave Canada for Texas. Um, it's a uh, it was a bullpen game for the Braves with Colin McHugh getting the start, followed by Michael Tonkin. They ate up most of the innings for the Braves. Um, Braves bats actually got started early. Ronald Acuna Jr. had a big leadoff homer going 420 feet to left. Uh, Michael Harris had an RBI in the second, putting the Braves up two to nothing to start the game. The Blue Jays fought back in the second, putting up three runs before the Braves knocked a couple of homers in the third and fourth. Taking it to five to three, unfortunately, they could not get it done from there. Uh, Rysel Iglesias blows the save at the end and the Toronto Blue Jays sweep the Braves with a six to five final in the third game of the series. There, there, there came a point where it felt inevitable, right? It did. It did. Like when... it, it was like right around the seventh inning where, you know, we had a couple of opportunities to tack on and, you know, distance ourselves and we didn't do it. And, you know, we kept making fielding mistakes this was like a truly bizarre game but it was just the point where i looked up in the seventh and i was like oh yeah that toronto comeback is gonna hurt yeah i mean it was braves led five to four after the the fourth inning and, and took that lead into the bottom of the ninth uh all we had to do was get out of it and unfortunately i guess iglesias is still recovering his form a little bit uh allowed two earned runs and uh, and took the loss for the day yeah, yeah. So the good thing, you know, the good thing is there's only one remote way we'll see the Blue Jays again this season, and that will be at the end of October. So thankfully, we don't have to play them again. But man, our, we are like zero and nine against the Blue Jays from the, the past. Blue, the Blue Jays own us for whatever reason. I am I am thrilled to get out of Toronto because for the last few seasons, the Blue Jays have been nothing but a thorn in our side. Yeah, it was that 2020 season where they were playing down in Dunedin where they, they swept us in like all six games we played them, right? Yep, absolutely did. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, like we said from there, the Braves flew down to Texas to take on the Rangers. 
Charlie Morton took the hill against the debuting Cody Bradford uh, for the Rangers. Um, Charlie Morton had one of, if not his best outing of the season. He went six and two thirds without giving up a single earned run, struck out 10 and only walked one. Um, we've, we've talked about where the Braves are at with their rotation right now. And, uh, and starts like this from De Charlie Morton are desperately needed because they allow the bats to get right and get right. They did in the second inning, Kevin Pillar got the scoring started with a Homer to left field scoring Sean Murphy in that same inning, Ronald Acuna jr. Hits a ball that was about six inches off the ground. 454 feet to center field, a place I don't think we've ever seen a ball go at Texas Stadium. And, and it was all Braves all day. Arcia had a homer. Austin Riley had a homer. Ozuna had a homer. Braves win 12 to nothing. Welcome to the Bigs, Cody Bradford. We had five two-run homers in this game. It was crazy. Um, needed it, though. Needed it desperately. Really, uh... You know the off offense looked they they didn't look confident in the uh, in, in the in the Toronto series and uh, it was good to see them uh, kind of flip that switch and and start a new series off right. Yep. So now we get to turn around and face the uh, Rangers ace. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, looking ahead. We've got two more games with the Rangers. Uh, as uh, as Cam alluded to, Dane Dunning, who has been pitch pitching phenomenally for the Rangers, uh, will be starting tonight, Tuesday at eight oh five. Jared Schuster gets the call up to start for the Braves, filling one of those TBA spots. Um, hoping for the best out of Schuster, but uh, really thrilled that the Braves were able to take that first game with this matchup coming up. In the third, and, and let it be known too that Dane Dunning absolutely hosed us last year when we played him. It's also it's a new day. He went like seven yes, innings and allowed one <laughs> run. So. Well, on the 17th Wednesday, we've got another 8.05 start. We've got Spencer Strider back on the hill up against Nate Evaldi. Uh, that'll be an interesting matchup, but uh, I like the Braves' chances to take two out of three in this series, knowing we've got one in pocket now. Nate Evaldi's not having a bad year either. Like he, He's a guy that I was super interested in this past offseason. I, I totally agree. He was, he was one of the guys I wanted to pick up, but... Um, but yeah, I, I still I still like Strider a bit better than I like Nate. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. All right, we come home from Texas for a three-game set against Seattle this weekend. Got the Mariners visiting town on Friday night. Pay attention to this, people. We are on Apple TV at 7.20 p.m. Bryce Elder will be taking on Bryce Miller. We got the Battle of the Bryces on Friday night. Saturday, we've got a 7.15 start on Big Fox. We have a TBA date there. Um, potentially a, a Michael Soroka spot? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, going up against Gilbert for the Mariners. And then on Sunday, we've got a 1.30 start with Charlie Morton up against George Kirby, uh, who has been the best pitcher for the Mariners this season. Should be a fun series, and hopefully we can get a little bit of revenge from the three-game series in August of last year. Yeah, I mean the, the Mariners are a, are a strong squad. It'll be a fun one to watch. We get to see uh, we get to see Ronald Acuna Jr. and uh, and Julio Rodriguez on the same field, so that'll be great. 
And hopefully that hopefully they wear their good uniforms in at least one game of the series. Uh, right, yes. <laughs> and uh and we'll be right back here next week to tell you whether or not they did right here on the Fans First Sports Network. So for Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see y'all next week for another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye. This has been the Chatting Average Podcast. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash Chatting Average Podcast. And please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash Chatting Average. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode. <laughs>